This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview stroke review podcast. Yes, it's two for one this week as we look back at the, well, the quite frankly horrible 4 0 loss at Liverpool and look ahead to Burnley, our first game at Seller since returning from lockdown. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. This week we've got a special guest. We'll get to him in a minute, but first, welcome, Albert. Oh, am I not the special guest? You are not the special guest. Uh. Um, yeah, we've got, we got, we got some bits for you in a, in a second. Sam Heskiff is, of course, with us. Hello. And um, joining us is the, the Twitter legend, as I always refer to him, Carl Davies, who somehow managed to blag his way into the Liverpool game last night, although maybe, maybe you regret it after <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm definitely special. <laughs> right, so... Um, Carl, you were just very keen to run off and get a beer there. So um, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to put my fellow guys to shame on what you're drinking. So what are you having? I have, I've got my, my little bit of a uh, love of Italy. I have got an Aura Brewery, which is an, a, a bunch of Italians based up in North London. I am drinking one of their Limoncello IPAs. Yes. Go on, Carl. Get in. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, what about you? Listen, nobody likes a topper, yeah, but I'm also drinking an Italian lager. It's called Peroni. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, Carl. Indeed. And Heskiff? I'm drinking a glass of water. I don't think, oh. I don't think it's Italian. <laughs> I've, I've got um, something called Clairvoyance. You haven't. <laughs> it's from the magic rock brewing company um and it says it's a smoothly balanced and refreshing ipa brewed with our house golden promise base malt along with golden naked oats wheat and acidulating malt citra and new zealand muteca hops in whirlpool and dry hop deliver aromas and flavors redolent of passion fruit mango and lime there you go Enjoy Sounds that. like it's right up your street. <laughs> Seven point two. Here we go. Let's have a taste. Oh, yes, yeah, right. It's pretty good. That it's fruity. That would have been good. That would have been good about five hours ago in the blazing sunshine. Well, there you go. Right. Um, there. What are we going? Oh, last job in football. Neil Warnock's got another new job. Um, question. Since he said when he joined Palace, this will be my last job in football. Has he had more jobs than he had before or fewer jobs than he had before, Heskip? I mean, I've definitely lost count. I'm wondering I'm wondering if he just sort of lives in his car and <laughs> wherever there's a job, he'll drive up. Because he, he's supposed to live in Cornwall, isn't he? But he's taken a job in Middlesbrough. So I reckon he just camps out in his car and then wherever there's a, a stacking, he turns up yeah. and it's later. Just gradually getting further away from Sharon. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she, I'm sure she's devastated about that. Yeah, um, Carl, you were kind of musing on Twitter about whether managerial changes would be um, well viable in this current climate. Were you surprised to see one happen so quickly? 
uh, I, I had the sense that if it was going to, I think, I think actually there's two bits. I think I get a sneaking feeling there may be a different level of standards with all of the testing that's going on with the Premier League than there are than there are in the EFL. Uh, but yeah, if it, I think if anyone's going to do a change, it's sort of now because I'm I'm pretty darn sure at a Premier League club they're not going to let anybody anywhere near the players for a good couple of weeks. So I, I think at Middlesbrough, what's he got? Probably seven, eight games to go at. I would get a sneaking feeling if Bournemouth made a change and they, you know, they or a Villa and they went with an Allardyce or a Pulis or one of those. I got a sneaking feeling the rules would probably mean they're actually just down to the last five games already, even if they did the uh, did the deal today. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good appointment for Middlesbrough. Probably. Um, It'll probably do all right with them, I'd imagine. A good chance of them getting promoted next season. He'll bring the right players in, get them playing all right. So we'll see how that goes. Although um might be tough, Albert, um, in the championship next season with the quality of teams that are going down, especially your Golden Boys. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pardon? There <laughs> <laughs> you are, that for <laughs> um, Before the show, Albert was weirdly complaining about Watford um, moving their stadium a bit closer to his house. Um, I just assumed you'd be offering your backyard as part of the stadium, mate. No, thank you. No, it's going to really screw up the traffic, you know, round my way. I mean, it's not a club I'm particularly fond of, as we all know, regardless of your bullshit. what You (laughs) you talk about Watford more than I do, and I fucking live there. (laughs) Well, um, another on the night of recording here, we're recording on Thursday night. um, They've lost 1-0 to Burnley. keeping them right in the mix down there so you're certainly going to see a couple of clubs that are not perhaps on our favoured club list go down this season and let's hope Watford are one of them um, we've had the emails through today as well about um, season tickets and what you do with your remaining four games um, Carl did you was you acted as a sounding board for this I'm, I might have been for the ambassadors one uh, I uh, yeah the club picked up the phone and said go on then what do you think and I said look uh, I, for the for the ambassadors, they got a bloody good deal at the start of it, uh, and they they they've all. I think the vast majority of the ambassadors have always said they want to put the health of the club up front, mm. and so the ambassadors have got exactly the same four choices. But the default position is the money to the academy, and I you know, I, I think the I think the I mean. Clubs are doomed sometimes in whatever they go do by offering the choice, and and I think it's quite implicit in all they put, which is please don't ask for a refund or you know any money yeah. that goes to the academy is enough great for you to receive because at the present moment in time, we we you know every club in the country, but definitely I can definitely say for Palace, their budgets have been significantly eaten away in the uh, and. And they're continuing to spend. So, yeah, I think and they're giving us, they've given us the options, haven't they? And, and it's up yeah. to everybody to make their own individual choice and not, you know, I'm, I'm dreading seeing I've, I've donated and the guilt going on. Hopefully people just do whatever they say they're going to go do and do it privately. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one though, isn't it? Because I've, I guess you're going to have people who, you know, uh, getting a season to get a palace is, um, you know, an absolute luxury for them and they save up for it because they don't have the money to, um, you know, to do anything else. So th- they might need that money back. So I, th- yeah. I think there's definitely an element of don't don't feel, people shouldn't feel guilty if they can't because of that big push towards the academy. I think if you need your refund, get your refund or whatever, use it for next season's season ticket. But of course, if you've got the, um, the extra cash knocking around and you can, Forward to let that go, I think is a fantastic package that they're offering to become a, an academy founder member. And um, 
you know, it's, you've, it's, it's just really great. Like the whole, the entire package, even getting the gold membership, getting twenty pound in the club shop. But these are all things you're going to spend on. Is um, it's a really, really good package. So fair play to the club for offering those four options. I think, yeah. and um, yeah, and I'll be, I'll, I'll, mine will be going to the academy. Although I feel a bit bad for the Palace for Life Foundation as well because they do do fantastic work as well. I've been to a couple of their um, days and stuff like that, and really fantastic work going on there as well so that would be a good place for your money to go as well right um are any options tax deductible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then lastly we've um we've really this has kind of been been a bit an ongoing trend today um with youth we've we've been on the academy there we've had hodgson talk about brandon pierrick's minutes last night and we'll we'll get into that a bit more and um and of course, there's been the retained and release list has been released today. And on that list going out is Dion Curtis Henry, Kian Flanagan, Jason Lakilo, Jacob Mensah, and Joe Tupper. Um, Heskivis, Jason Lakilo just really caught the eye on that list of everyone because, you know, he's he's talked this week about him being unlucky that Frank the Boer was sacked because he was given him minutes. But um, a lot of a lot of outcry by a lot of people, it seems, who haven't really seen him play that much. Yeah, I've got to be honest. So the, the, the five, I think it's five players who got released weren't really much of a surprise to me. Um, I mean, I know sort of a decent amount about the youth team over the years. I don't go to to go and watch them as some people do, but you know those players. I think Kim Flanagan was thought of quite highly of years ago, wasn't it? And he didn't really kick on. And the kilo played a little bit under the ball, but he hasn't pulled up any trees at Doncaster, as far as I'm aware. Um, and I think they're he's in his 20s now isn't he so you'd sort of say if he was going to make some strides with us he would have done it um, well Carl you you go to um Hampton Richmond Borough quite a lot um now your local team aren't they uh Dion Curtis Henry's been there hasn't he yeah I mean it was it was interesting Look, I, again I pretty much like Eskiv I didn't there was nothing there that I that, that when the list came out that I was I was surprised about I, I felt sorry for uh, Dion Curtis Henry. You're, you're, last time I was in a football stadium with a crowd, he was playing in goal for Hampton. He was incredible. But you're talking at National League South level. I would. Mm. I was. I've, I really. I felt for him as a person because he obviously knew he was going to be released. I think at that stage. In fact, I know for certainly knew he was going to be released, and he was trying to put himself in the shop window, performing exceptionally well. But of course, the window closed for for anybody to see. So like. I'm, I am pretty darn sure he will end up as a um, having a professional football career. I don't think he'll come back and haunt as one as you know as a top top keeper, one that got away. But I uh, I, I do hope he gets picked up by a League Two or a League One club, and because there there is talent there, that's absolute certainly you know probably probably the best keeper I've seen at non league level, maybe since Wes Fodringham. You know, it's he, he, he's, he's definitely definitely mm. talented. That's for certain. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's funny because we'll get into the Brandon Pierrick comments uh, by Roy after the game, and especially whether they were tongue in cheek or not. He's having a bit of a laugh with the the press, um, but you know, a lot a lot of people have laid in today, and Roy Hodgson, and you know, he's handling youth players, and then it's it seems a bit weird that in the last hour on the on the main site, the they've released an article which is. <laughs> um, Tyrick Mitchell talk an, an interview with Tyrick Mitchell, which is actually from a few days ago in a video. Um, but he's talking about how Roy Hodgson handles them and how good a job he does. So it feels like a little bit of PR's gone on there. But I just think I think Dion Curtis Henry is just unlucky because you know we've got you know we've got quality and depth in the goalkeeping position. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah cool, haven't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, well. Yeah, we're, we're, again, that's something we will get onto when we t- we talk about the Liverpool game. Um, uh, the only one who's been getting bashed more than Roy today is Wayne, it would seem. But um, yeah, so but what, what what do you think about this 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 coming this article coming out on the website in the last hour? You know, with you know one of the prominent prospects talking about exactly how good Roy Hodgson is with um, encouraging him and helping him learn his trade. Who's is is it a video interview or is it just an article? It's an article because we do need to know like has he has he been coerced into this? Been, <laughs> is there a gun? Is there a gun to his head? Like, 
I mean, well, it won't be to his head, would it? It'd be about two meters away from his head. So yeah, it's a it's a sniper. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, listen, Roy's Roy's record at Palace for bringing in youth speaks very clearly for itself. I'm not going to sit here and go. You know, there's clearly an abundance of kids that could walk into the first thing because. Again, I'm, I, I don't follow the youth team as closely as others. I, you know, I barely have time to follow the first team as closely as I'd like to. Um, so I can't, I can't sit here and say it's a travesty that X, Y, and Z aren't getting in the team. However, there's definitely been opportunities, whether it's in the cups or towards the end of previous seasons, where you think, yeah, come on, you could, you could chuck a couple in just to a bit, a bit more to see how we're getting on and. Um, and you know it, it doesn't happen. So there's probably there's probably a case to say that Roy's record is is poor. But I, like I say, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what's on offer for Roy to actually go. Oh yeah, do you know what? Let's use X, Y, and Z. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. we don't really know um, the full story. I can't certainly comment on it too much. Carl, do you think um, there's an element of it as well, even in the games towards the back end of the season? You know, every place in the Premier League is worth so much financially that it's it's really, really hard to, you know, say we'll look like we're accepting a loss in these games by betting in some youngsters because it's, what, two and a half million a place or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that clearly plays plays a role. I think it's it's what the brief of the manager is. And And I think that's changed. I think that's changed since... Oh, late January, early February. I think the the club were, and I'm not suggesting any one moment safe, but that absolute recognition of the average age, not being able to invest tens of millions into revamping the team, and be it, it was going to be Palace bringing through young players, or Hodgson introducing young players that were or young players that were going to be bought. I think I, you know, from my understanding is Roy's accepted that and and he's happy to go do that and likes bringing young players through. What he would say, I think, is his brief previous to all of that is, for God's sake, keep us up, and hit and and do it within budget, of which he I think yeah. would probably say I've, he's overachieved every season against all of that. I've I I you know I know they've set if he's manager next season they've set him targets of. Of not of finishing positions and all of that, but you know this isn't anymore just about from what, thinking from one season to one season. It's about thinking about the next two to three years and how they get themselves into the. They think they're they, you know before coronavirus came along, they were in a they felt they were in a really good financial position, and 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 and, and Roy was really happy with all of that in himself. And I think I think he, he he clearly likes having a squad of 14, 15, 16 he can trust. I don't think he's averse to having another four or five or six or seven around that can be a young talent that that provides the legs and the freshness and everything else that goes around it. I think the biggest problem was he, he hasn't had access to four, five, six or seven kids and, and and he's barely had the core 14 or 15 at many of the times that sit around there. But hey, look, we'll see. We'll see if it's him and it's it's his style or because if something doesn't change and, and not even just over the next seven or eight games but at the start of next season – then it's clearly him as opposed to, you know, the, the cards mm-hmm. that he held. Yeah. Yeah, good, good points. Right, um, let's move this along. Uh, we'll go into talking about the Liverpool game now. Um, I think the best thing I've seen about <laughs> the aftermath of it was by Dan at Hopkin looking to curl one, tweeting, 24 hours ago, we were all dreaming of a potential Europa League spot. Now Guaita's injured, Benteke's injured, Zaha's injured. Our goal difference is twice as bad as it was. And we've become the first team on record not to have a touch in the opposition penalty area. Um, <laughs> I did retweet it saying, is it weird that I wouldn't have it any other way? Um, <laughs> but um, we'll start with a fake news element of that, which is, uh, but it was suggested that we became the first Premier League team since records began not to have a touch in the opposition penalty area. But um, it's, it's been disproved. We had one touch, um, <laughs> according to a video clip that shows Andros Townsend just touching it inside the area before it goes out. Thank God for that. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone, does anyone have any idea about how these touches are recorded? Is it like, do they consider he had it under control with his first touch? So if he didn't, then it's not counted as a touch. I, 
I don't really know what's going on because the touch does appear to exist on the touch map, but you know it appears to exist from his second touch. So I don't know if anyone's got any insight on that. Um, no, knows anything about it, but yeah, he certainly it's, touches it's it. Not, in an area. It's not a great stat either way, is it? <laughs> if the answer is one touch, it's still not the best. <laughs> yeah it was it was very funny how it was all clashing at straws and lots of um no touches in the oxygen penalty area you'll never sing that kind of tweets was um very amusing <laughs> but yeah it was uh but was, i mean the best place to start is i guess the the injuries now um Gwaita's, uh tweak to muscle it would seem Benteke uh, has done a similar thing ask if these these muscle injuries you know going to come back and plague us again they've been sort of an ongoing problem with Palace in the last few years yeah I, I, I was talking to one of my mates when we, we were watching the game and it was like only Palace would we come back from three months of lockdown and have like five players out injured before we've even really got going um, it was a bit. I mean, it's a bit worrying when we saw the team news. You just sort of he's Guaita is the obvious. He's always going to be on the top of that list, isn't he? Um, so when I saw Hennessy, and my my blood did run a bit cold. I, I must admit. Um, I think Benteke, obviously, he's had his injury issues and sort of came off against Bournemouth because Roy said he was feeling feeling it a bit and didn't want to risk it. But Guaita didn't he didn't really have anything to do against Bournemouth, did he? So that came as a bit of a shock. Um, and then obviously Wilf going off was a was a blow as well. So yeah, like Carl said, I mean Roy does like having his fourteen on fifteen players, but I think he's going to have to he's going to have to open it up a little bit now uh, through by default. Yeah, and um, but did it feel like as soon as Zaha went off injured that it was going to be a very very long night for you? My thumb did hover over the turning the channel over button. I'll be honest. I think I even said on our WhatsApp groups like I might as well turn off now because. Um, <laughs> the, you know it wasn't I, I listen i get it the, the there's there's muscle injuries and the game you know it's, it's basically tournament isn't it it's tournament football and the, the fr- frequency of games you know the games are going to come thick and fast we're not always going to get our preferred and what i might call our only best 11 you know we can't do it um so there's always going to be an element of oh he's playing or oh he's not playing um which was a bit yesterday and, and you know you're if you're going to make you're going to make changes um or mix mix things up for just for the sake of energy levels you know you, you probably do do it against liverpool you know knowing that you're on a not a hide into nothing but you know the margins of getting something out of that game are, are, are slim to begin with so you might as well try something different and, and and err on the side of caution and keep people on the bench but you know when you see wilf going off you sort of think well yeah well he's, he's out of this game which again wasn't expecting to get much out of it, but does it now mean he's out of, you know, the Burnley game or longer, you know, that's the, that's sort of the, the, the other side to it there. You know, it's whilst I'm all for the rotation, I I get it. Like when you see players go off, you're like, well, you know, we're, we haven't, it just highlights our, our lack of, our lack of quality and depth in the, in the final third, you know, imagine if I, you, if I pulls up in training this weekend and Zaha's out and Benteke's still not quite right, you know, what what do you do on Monday? <laughs> well, you know, Andrew Townsend's Afro's given him a bit more height, so maybe we can play him as a lone man up top. <laughs> I, think, I think this is where my outrageous prediction at the beginning of the season comes true and we play Scott Dan as a striker. <laughs> you did say that, yeah, didn't you? It's happening. Oh, well. <laughs> Um, now Carl you um, you tweeted earlier caught caught a lot of people's eye about um, obviously you you were at the game last night Uh, the one thing I want to touch on before we get into how you got into the game and what what you made of the experience um, you, you noted kind of like the trip that it, how the, how the team got there versus how they would normally get there and stuff like that, and could this be playing a role in particularly in injuries or as well as um, you know the messages that the ta- the tactics we can get across and stuff like that? Where you you think there was a lot of disruption going on? Yeah, I mean, it, I, to a certain extent, I was shocked yesterday because I, I hadn't really thought it through, and and, and look through the old through my old job, I, I used to spend a, a decent chunk of time with England rugby and with Eddie Jones. And and it was meticulous to every bit that they would go do was was 
was the exact same routines, exact same processes, absolutely everything. And I know that's exactly how Palace do it. I'm not saying as much as the England rugby team by any stretch of imagination. And and they love their rhythms and they love their the way and and the and, and they their whole job is by the time the player goes out there, not only do they know what they're doing, they're in their little units. But they they've taken on the right fluids, the right food, and every player's different. And some are having massages, some are having treatments. They've had a sleep and all of that stuff. It couldn't have been further from that from what I saw yesterday. And 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 you know and it, and it's and it's the basics. And you know and and but you, it, to not make you know to make it even more difficult, you're up against. A team who's got double the points that we've got are an exceptional unit that had rested two of their most, you know, two very influential players. They're at full strength and they haven't left the city of Liverpool for the, you know, since this season's restarted. They were Everton away, then they were here. And they can do everything they want to go do at the training ground. We just couldn't. And and and, and I get the sense that there were there were players that the, the club weren't going to take any risk on any players. There were players that had slight knocks and stuff like that, who even travelled. Guiata being one of the uh, being one. But what do you do? You've got no place. You're, you can't hire out a hotel. You can't hire out. You, you're not going to be in another football club or in a gym. You can't get the physio work. You can't. So that's it. You know, you're stuck there. You know, he's, he's not laying in the back of his minibus having a having a massage or having the thigh checked out. Or so they just all of those stuff. You're just left with. You know, it was a bit like. It was a glorified, I mean, this is an elite football team turning up as if they were you know, a little bit like a non-league team to a certain extent. And and it, it, it's just, I, I'm not suggesting for one moment that was the reason why we got beaten because, you know, it's not beat around the bush, it was Liverpool. You know, they, they've got the ability to beat, as we've seen this season, pretty much everybody. But boy, it doesn't have to make it difficult. And, and you know, Burnley are going to have to live with that against us on, uh, on Monday night. So, you know, these things do equal themselves out but the team that I thought was so well drilled so well prepared looked an elite unit against Bournemouth but they could do all of that back at Sellhurst I didn't recognize the team that I saw uh last night I didn't recognize them in their makeup or anything along those lines we were we you know we were a shadow of ourselves we looked like we had you know probably disrespectful for to, to Hodgson. I didn't mean it as this bad, but I was gonna say it looked far more Frank de Boer than it did than it looked Roy Hodgson, that's for certain. You could clearly see people didn't know their roles and yet you know fully know their roles. And you could definitely there were players that were around about that team that I think probably would have played if they had had all their normal stuff around them and they could have, you know, had the treatment or checked things out properly or they'd had the proper rest beforehand. Someone who shouldn't should have known his position in the very least, Carl, was all together now, <laughs> Wayne Hennessy. Um, Heskip, how did you feel about his positioning for the free kick? Uh, well, I thought it was a guaranteed goal before I even took it, to be honest, which probably gives you my answer in the, in the short run. Uh at least he didn't take a step the wrong way, but I just, you know, and I'm not a goalkeeper, so uh, yeah. it's just yeah. I just when they were talking about on TV, they were like, "What a brilliant finish!" You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, "But it's obvious it's going to go there because he's basically stood hugging the other post." So yeah, not not great. Um, amongst other things that he did, like run out of goal and head the ball. Not one of the two players stood on either side of him, but straight to most. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, that was, that was <laughs> probably my favourite bit. Um, so yeah, I, I just you know we've talked about him loads, haven't we, on this show? I, I don't, I don't think he's very good. I, I don't feel at all comf- confident or comfortable when he's in the team. And the goals that he let in, you know, there was some. I don't think he could have done anything about the second one. But then there, there were just some goals where I just. I genuinely can't see Guaita letting some of the goals that he lets in go past him. So um, it just highlights how good Guaita is and how not really up to scratch I think Hennessy is. Yeah, I don't. It was I can't even remember which one was the Fabinho one, but um, but he did take that customary step in the wrong direction for seemingly no reason when Fabinho let that fly, and that was pretty much the reason he couldn't get across to it. I think that's the one that. I... I think the free kick is great. I think it's a great free kick. Um, I think I can't think who it was. There was somebody on Twitter that said, "Oh, it's not even, it's not even like 
that near the post, the ball, and it's like you couldn't you couldn't physically walk up to the goal and put the ball in a better position. Um, would Guaita have saved it? We can sit here and speculate it. I don't know. I, but, it, you know, it did feel like Wayne was a bit too far over. I still don't think he would have got to it, even if he was another, you know, another yard in the right direction. But it was the, yeah, the Fabinho one for me, I think, is is of all the four goals, if if Guaita was in goal, I think that that's the one that I would have put money on to say. I think Guaita probably might have got to that. Um, yeah, yeah. The other the the Mane finish is super tidy, isn't it? And unsurprisingly, scores against us again. I thought I captained him in my fantasy Premier League team last night in the hope that I would jinx him, but alas, I did not. He scored again. I think that's six games running. He's now scored against us. Um, and I think it was just all, all of this came about basically was us just absolutely not being able to get out of our well, out of our area, out of our half, out of anywhere, really. And um, Carl, I think good place to talk about how much we miss Benteke and especially what he's sort of become now that we've all kind of accepted that he doesn't score goals in that big link between getting Ayu and Zaha on the ball. Yeah, look, I'd definitely say, def- definitely come on and talk that in a sec. What I would say is, what a bloody stupid free kick to give away. Mm. I mean, for all but is it is it a free kick as well? I think Jamie Carragher on the comment you didn't hear that you wouldn't have heard the commentary. Jamie Carragher said a lot of words, which was basically saying he doesn't think it was a free kick, but because it's Liverpool, he didn't say it. He was saying it was very soft. Yeah. Hey, going going back to your question, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Again, all the Ben, ben, te, ben he's he's big and he's strong, but he's clever. He's Benteke, and he's. I felt sorry for Ayu last night because the guy didn't stop working, and and there were there were times when he got his body in front of the ball and he was holding up and holding up. But he hasn't. I don't think he didn't have the intelligence to, or just literally the the initial blows he was taking with Van Dijk or Gomez up his backside just meant there was no form of link up play and everything just came back where you just absolutely know that with Benteke in there, there was an out. The moment Zaha went off, then it really did. There was just no way. Nobody was ever getting close. and We just got deeper and deeper and deeper. But I think this 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 is back into the uh, one of the bits that us as Palace fans are going to have to probably get used to for a little bit longer. We are a, we are a better team with Benteke in and just accept that he's not going to get 15 goals or even 10 goals a season. But we're a better team with him. We win more games with him in. So, you know, if, and, and, you know, and somebody says, you know, I'd, yeah, but if we could get him and he scores 10, 15 goals, well, yeah, that'd be nice. But I don't think we can afford that player. But what, what we have got, we, we've only got one Benteke at the moment. They, they are going to need to go out and get themselves another one. If, you know, I'm assuming Sorloff isn't coming back in. But when he's out and we're up against a top team, we're, we're in all sorts of problems. Yes, absolutely right. Um, uh, you talked about Zaha going off there, and one of the big things that has really sort of matured over the before lockdown and in the Bournemouth game as well is how Benteke, Zaha, and PVA link up down that left flank. And um, you, you thought that Patrick Van Arnold was your man in the match last night? Yeah, I thought. I mean, look he, again. He, he was up against Salah, and and he, you know you're not going to say he had Salah in his pocket by any stretch of imagination, but. I, I thought if anybody offered us a, uh, he took risks, not Mamadou Saku risks. He took risks in trying to hold the ball till he could find a pass. It wasn't just aimlessly cleared. I thought generally defensively strong, but he. The only time I ever felt we were ever going to get anywhere up the halfway line, you know, excusing Andros's one touch in the penalty area, as if it was going to come from Van Arnholt, and. I think again, we. I think when you're watching week in, week out, you, you you can see some of the defensive defensive laps of him. But he doesn't offer you something going forward. And in a in a world whereby, again, we we often say, you know, how safe uh, Roy can be with some of his teams. I don't think you would say that with. I don't think you'd say that with Van Arnold. And yeah, I, I, he was probably my Palace amongst a really poor performance. He was probably my. I thought the player who had the best performance for Palace. 
Yeah, I think um, the gyro read of old running the team when Pat was out um, definitely gave him a bit of a kick up the arse as well. I think um, a bit of legitimate competition for plays has certainly kicked him on a bit. And um, I, I think he's been great. I mean, he, he he probably got caught napping for the goal a little bit, but, um, you know, you know it was, it's a tough evening. Those, those runs are being made constantly and they do wear you down. Anyone who plays football knows that. So you are going to get caught out and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a key time. It was the game has already gone by that point anyway. So it's not, it's not like the hugest disaster in the world. Um, any advances on Patrick Van Arnold for man of the match, Heskiff? Uh, not really. I, I, I don't, don't think I could point out too many people that did much positive, many positive things during the game. There's the odd, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he had a good game, but there's the odd touch that Maya had where, you know, he, I think he's good with the ball at his feet, but because he was stuck on the wing, he'd get past someone and then have like three, three men stood next to him. And it's not, not the position that he'd want to be in to, to sort of succeed which goes back to me wanting to see him in the middle a bit more. And, and I know that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone played that well, really. Um, uh, I, I, well, I thought, I, I thought Joel Ward had a decent game. Um, I think he got stuck in. He had that one with the clearance for, off on the post. And um, I, I thought he, he had a very, very tidy game, Joel Ward. He didn't offer much going forward. But defensively, I thought he had a sound game. And... Um, no, the the only time Mane really got away from him was for that goal, but that was more of a, you know, you, it wasn't really Joel Wall's fault. It came, kind of came a bit more through a counter-attack. Uh, what about you, Bert? You got anyone else? I thought Kuyate was good first half, up until, up in, well, up until we kind of capitulated before the, the break. But um, yeah, between him and PVA, like PVA was definitely trying, trying to make things happen, certainly in the absence of Wilf. Um, you know, you can argue that that left a lot of space behind him at times, and you know he was he was he was running into dead ends. But again, that was more of that was more of the about the job that Liverpool were doing, getting people back in numbers and sort of swarming the ball ra- rather than PVA being reckless as as such. So yeah, there was I mean not a lot to choose from. It wasn't Wayne Hennessy, let's put it that way. <laughs> they apparently did a show of hands, and Wayne Hennessy was the only one with his with his arm up. So yeah um he was certainly standing on the far right of his goal line when um (laughs) um (laughs) uh, we've already touched on obviously brandon pierrick getting um an eight minute run out and um a lot has gone on today about uh hodgson saying that he'd be hoping that brandon would have a bottle of red wine waiting for him at the training ground as a thank you for getting eight minutes at Anfield. Um, do you think people have gone a bit overboard with these comments, Heskiff, and uh, laid into Roya for no reason because he's obviously having a bit of a laugh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I saw the, the the comments about it before I watched the clip. Um, and he, he seems to be having a chuckle and, and sort of saying it with a smile on his face. So I'm assuming he's, he's you know, taking the piss a little bit. Um, I do... I do think we could have put Pierre on a bit earlier just because like like we said the game was gone. Um Ayu was doing a lot of running for, for very little reward. And you know, you just think he's gonna be a big a big part of us trying to get a win against Burnley. So I'd rather sort of take him off even with like half an hour to go and just say to Pierre, look, you know, just run around. He probably won't get the ball much, but just have a run around, try and get your foot in. Um, so to see him only get 10 minutes or whatever it was, was a little bit disappointing. Um, but hopefully, I mean, if people are sort of mentioning it now in the press, I don't know if that's going to have any effect on, on Roy, but maybe he'll, he'll give him nine minutes in the next game and then maybe a quarter of an hour by the end of the season. Yeah, it'll be a bit um, a bit like Jose Mourinho uh, talking Harry Kane up, um, getting a list out, talking about how strikers always score goals in his systems. That greatly, greatly amused me. Um, yeah, you, you, the, the press sometimes you feel like can influence things a little bit, but um, I doubt it with Roy and his wily old age. He, 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 has his, he has his ways. And as Tyrick Mitchell was said on the official um, website tonight, you know, he, do, he does a really, really good job at um, helping, you know, make him into a better player. So... So who are we to say anything? Um, let's sort of drift into looking ahead to Bernie now. We've already got really a few minutes left on this. Um, 
Carl, are we expecting any of these players to come back? Um, is Guaita a, a longer-term one or is it a bit of a 50-50 situation there? Yeah, uh, I, I, think that, I think that's the exact percentage that Guaita is. I think it's a, it's a 50-50 one. It was a thigh strain. I, I, get the, I get the feeling that, again, if he'd been able to get proper treatment just before the game, he probably would have played, but that wasn't the option up at Liverpool. Uh, I jokingly said to somebody... Uh, at the game, that if Hennessy has a blinder, we'll probably find that we are to be rested. So it's absolutely uh, clear. I'm no <laughs> doubt that he starts on Monday, and I, th- I think that's probably the same. With, I think that's probably the same with all of the injuries. I don't know about Wilf's one, but you know, I think the general sense from those people who knew were uh, up at Palace. You know, Dougie Freeman was there that they they were all close, but just couldn't play because of you know the game had just come slightly too soon. Mm. Okay, well, that's promising news. Uh, it's such a huge game. With Burn- Burnley beating uh, Watford, uh, that goes. Um, they come on level points with us, and just uh, just behind us on goal difference. Heskiff, in terms of pushing for a top half finish since we've been in the Premier League, this has always felt like the type of game we lose. Um, just as we have a chance to kick on into the top half, we we lose it. Um, do you have any worry about this happening on? Is it Monday? It's Monday night the game. Monday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't believe we, you did that until I said that. <laughs> I think if you look at Roy's record against teams, typically in the bottom half, and I know Burnley are, are sort of around the same place as us, but I would sort of consider Burnley in the same like sort of bubble as Palace. Um, and Roy seems to know how to get results against them. I, I know I agree it's quite a Palace thing to do really well and then louse it up. At the, at, just at the moment, you think you're going to achieve something, um, but I think I think we. I'll caveat by saying that you know we need Guaita and and Benteke and Will Finn, um, but I think we've got enough to beat them. You know, if you look at what we did with Bournemouth, and I know they're having a bad season, but we scored the, the two goals and we were so comfortable. You know, they didn't really offer anything, and I watched a bit of Burnley today and they looked all right but they don't have wood and barns. So um, maybe they'll have to sort of play a little bit differently. Um, and I can see Scott Dan coming back in um, to deal with their long balls. So, yeah, I can't I say, I can't believe I'm saying it because it's vaguely positive, but it's a game that we should win. And, and typically against Burnley, um, we have we have won. You know, we, I thought we were very comfortable away at Turf Moor this season when we beat them 2-0. Um, you you know, can't remember them doing huge amounts against us in in any game at Celeste. So, I think if we just put Liverpool game down to a crap performance for various reasons, including the fact that Liverpool are really really good, um, we should just sort of like sort of scratch out, forget it, and and go back to how we were performing against the likes of Watford and and Newcastle and Bournemouth, and we should give ourselves a good chance, I reckon. Yeah, um, Albert, it's, the 2-0 win at Burnley this season was perhaps one of our most professional performances of the season. And um, it has been teams around us that we've got the results from and the teams below us, as Heskiff's pointed out. So uh, I, uh, I, I can't quite believe that Heskiff's been quite positive there, but are you, are you feeling the same way? It's unnerved me. Uh, <laughs> it's unnerved me. Burnley. It. <laughs> how, many, how many waters have you had? Young man, <laughs> I think it's water. Those, those, those Italian waters are going straight to go into his head. <laughs> Vanessa gave me a pint of it and said that it would shut me up. I assumed it was water, but <laughs> on the San Pellegrino. Uh, what are we talking about? Burnley. Um, yes. Guys. Uh, well, listen, they're in and around us, so they're having an equally as good season, you might say, as us. So. It's not going to be an easy game. I really, I really, really think it sounds obvious, but I, I think it it really boils down to what team we put out. You know, if if Benteke, Guaita, and Zaha start, yeah, that's um that's a recipe for three points, hopefully. But if t- you know two of those three don't make it, then it's a it's a different proposition. Um, I, I, I won't expect it to be an easy game, whatever whatever happens. You know, they're a very organised, sort of disciplined side, so. Yeah, it's kind of a non-answer. I'm really sorry. It really does depend on on who we can put out on Monday night. You know, fingers crossed. 
again, two or three, two of the three of those players that I've mentioned come back. Um, hopefully, Luca is up for starting a game, and and we can get back to a, a performance akin to um, what we put in against Bournemouth, which was a fantastic performance, as as abject as Bournemouth were. Now, um, a lot of press talk has linked us with various Burnley players and. And their manager, no less, as Sean Dyche is, you know, apparently wanting a new challenge and uh, people seem to be drawing that as a conclusion that Palace would be a good one for him after Roy Hodgson goes to replace him. Uh, Carl, how, how do you feel about Tarkovsky, McNeil, Dyche? Are these things that you even think are going to happen or it's just, just media talk? Uh, I think all the players are just media talk. Uh I think there's a decent chance that Dyche is our next manager. I'm not suggesting it's the uh, it'd be my choice, but I think there's a decent chance. I think if we are spending a shed load of money on the academy and we are going to start to make inroads into doing the main stand, I think they'll look for a really safe manager. And broadly, Dyche is a really safe manager. I, I can't imagine us going in <clears throat> and dropping... You're sounding a bit like Daesh there. Oh, yeah, I was <laughs> say, he's yeah. on the line, isn't he? Whatever it be. We've never been seen together. Uh, no, <laughs> I just can't... I mean, look, they're, they're better players who are under contract. They are... If they, are, if they are going to need to sell, they are going to want big cash for it. And I just don't think... Uh, for those who follow me on Twitter, I just, um, I just don't think there's too much money in football. Definitely not cash up front. So, you know, I'd be amazed if any of those three came in our direction, unless we got a very pleasant, you know, or pleasant surprise or a horrible surprise. You know, if Zaha went for stupidly big money, then there may be. But my, my, you know, I actually think there's going to be very little change apart from, you know, a handful of younger players coming into the club. Yeah. And do you think that's a trend that most other teams are going to have to follow as well, except from your really big elite teams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think even the really big elite teams are going, to, you know, are coming to terms with all of this. You know, if you think if you think of Liverpool, have got a Champions League trophy at the present moment in time, and they've a uh, and they've they're, you know on the brink or have just picked up a uh, Premier League trophy, their revenue streams are at record levels. They couldn't afford uh, Werner, who's gone off to Chelsea. So it's a you know there's you know clubs of experiencing 30 and 40 million drops in turnover and they were barely making any money beforehand. So you're at the whim of a billionaire wanting to throw cash at stuff. And, you know, albeit football is a relatively rich game. There's not that many billionaires. You know, there's a, there's a handful of them in the Premier League. So, you know, it's not good. Whereas a few years ago, it seemed like every club was dropping 50, 60, 70 million. Not a chance, you know. You know and whoever comes up isn't going to be dropping big money either on it. Yeah, I think um, Norwich, despite obviously going back down, would probably be quite happy now with the circumstances that they didn't spend big and try and stay up and go down anyway. Because yeah, yeah, it's going to be that's for certain. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, just touch on those teams that will go down. Is I mean, it, it could kill a team like Bournemouth, couldn't it? Uh, do you know? What? I don't know if it would kill a team like Bournemouth. I think it could kill Villa. You know, relatively kill Villa. I don't know if it. I just look. Actually, Bournemouth have got again. Have got players of a certain age that they might be able to unload, and and they ultimately they've got a billionaire owner. So they they. I think they will ride out a championship year. I'm I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced on Villa. Yeah, I mean. It's it's really I I can't say Villa going down or not. It's really really tough down there at the moment. Um, annoyingly. Um. Brighton have done the business, haven't they? So it's, uh, it appears that they'll be safe. And um, I don't. I mean, I think we all knew from when Southend ripped us apart. Southend. <laughs> I don't. I ho- hopefully, we won't see Southend rip us apart. When Southampton ripped us apart at Sellers, um, I think it was quite obvious from that point then that they were very unlikely to go down because um, they had a yeah. They they were really really good that night, and they've they've looked good against Norwich as well, and they've probably got enough points, but. When you're looking at any of those teams, I just, I just, you know, I, w- I don't envy them. I wouldn't want to be in that position. There's, you know, there's a couple of good fixtures in the uh, last two yeah. weeks of the season. You have got West Ham, yeah. Watford, and you have got West Ham, Villa. You can't help yeah. but think if they're, you know, if, if as, as long as nobody gets goes on a stupidly good run or does get cut straight, that's they're they're going to be the games that probably decide, you know, two or three of the places. 
Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's, it's it's sad as well. This is when you're really going to notice that fans aren't in the stadium and stuff like that. These are the games that you know fans really want to be at and stuff. And yeah, um, and based on you were being at Anfield, Carl, how, how do I get into the Burnley game on Monday night? You know, I live I live a five minute walk away. What do I have to do? I'm still, I'm still working on it myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, I, do you know what? what? What struck me, and I'm assuming it'd be the same at Selhurst. The the there's a, there's a, there's a lot of police about and there's a shed load of people employed outside of the stadium, and and you know, I, you know there were a lot of police riot bands and all sorts. I I think any any anybody would seem to be heading in that direction who clearly didn't have a an access to getting in the stadium. Where I think we're probably being sent away. So uh, yeah, it'd be. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the getting in is. I'll, I'll start. I'll start tunneling in now. I'll uh, um. Hopefully, I'll get there for Monday <laughs> yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. I think that's pretty much all we've got to cover for tonight. We've run. We've run over our normal time having to cover that Liverpool game. But um, massive thanks to Carl for coming on and um, sharing your experiences of um, Anfield last night, even even with the big loss that it was. You're always welcome. <laughs> um, Albert. Yeah. <laughs> Eskif, glad you enjoyed those waters yeah brilliant <laughs> and um I, I'm, I'm not sure i think I, I don't even know what a fixture list looks like at the moment we'll be back at some point in the middle of next week um there will be a review show after burnley i think they're planning to record um immediately after the game to try and get some immediate reaction in there so that should be available for your listening on tuesday and then uh, later in the week, we'll do a preview for the next game. Um, for the game on Monday night, uh, download Hot Mic, um, H-O-T-M-I-C, and follow Back of the Nest on there. And you can hear, uh, it will be Hambo again with a couple of others commentating on the game. And this is an app where you can sync it to your TV and you can listen to commentary from the app instead of listening to the commentary on the TV. And based on, um, you know, the four pundits uh, on Sky Sports last night all being Liverpool fans and Jamie Carragher being one of the commentators if you don't want to hear the full biased commentary um, it was a good relief last night in that game listening to Hambo talk about what his favourite lockdown sandwiches have been instead of um, <laughs> listening to everyone wax lyrical about Liverpool so um, yeah so download Hot Mike and listen to that um, I'm sure um, I'll be jumping on there to do a commentary at some point before the season's out. So um, it's a good laugh and um, just gives you full bias Palace coverage of a game, which is very nice. But from us until next week, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.